You are listening to Afraid Not Podcast with Jill McCormick and Robin Wall. We believe that our stories matter and make us who we are. Every other week, we invite guests to join us and share their stories. Even though our stories have nots, we are not afraid. Our stories have phrase, they are not perfect. We believe the truth of our mess makes us stronger. We hope that God uses these stories to encourage and strengthen your faith as you trust in Him. Our theme verse is Colossians 1:17, which says, And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, even our frayed knots. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. You are listening to episode 119 with Kelly King, who is a fabulous friend of ours that we've known for decades, and we both just adore her. She is a wonderful women's ministry specialist. She works with Lifeway Christian Resources, and she empowers women to do ministry in ways that best use their gifts. She's just awesome. Yeah, she trains women in leadership and ministry. I have looked up to her since I was in high school at Council Road Baptist Church. Loved her so much and just thought she was amazing. And she is going to share some stories today about some struggles with depression and marriage and what the, how that affects everything. And But her faith and her wisdom is beyond. Something that is a special thing I love about Kelly is how she's just willing to say an obedient yes to God and a story that um, she may not even remember all the details of this, but Chris and I were deeply affected by Vic and Kelly and how they said an obedient yes to God at a time that they didn't even know. Chris and I were praying on our knees. We were literally, we had no vehicle that was working. (laughs) We were very, we had no money. And we were trying to figure out what in the world are we going to do? Lord, please provide a vehicle. And Kelly called us and said, hey, we feel like the Lord is telling us that when we trade in our van, we're not going to trade it into the dealership. And we're just going to offer it to you for a really low price. And we just feel like we're supposed to do that. And they had no idea that we were on our knees praying. And God used Vic and Kelly to meet a huge need in our family. So that just sets this up for you listeners to know this is an amazing Christ follower who is walking the the walk that she talks. You're going to love it. Listen in. Hey, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. It's so fun to be with you all. It is so fun. I have been looking forward to this since we began many months ago trying to talk about we need to get Kelly King and the fact that you're with us today is really a gift and we'd like to start with just hearing about you let our listeners know a little bit about you please all right so I am Kelly King and I am a lifelong Oklahoman so that's kind of where my heart is Um, my family is still there but about six and a half years ago the Lord called um, my husband and I to move to Nashville and um, we're just outside of Nashville we're in the Mount Juliet area and I work for Lifeway Christian Resources and so I was working in ministry in Oklahoma and the Lord just called us here to a new pl- 
new place, a new assignment of working with women around the country, training them, equipping them for, you know, different ways that God has called them into leadership and calling them into ministry. And we, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for men to find training opportunities and to be equipped for ministry, but not as many for women. And so there's just a huge need for that. So we get to do that all across the country. So that's really fun. Um, that's part of my job. And then a couple of years into that job, they asked if I would consider managing the team that does our adult ministry magazines and devotional products. So I have the privilege of kind of overseeing a team of about uh, there's six full-time employees, and then I also have some contract editors, designers, all kinds of people. One, one of my editors is in Hawaii, and I'm always telling him I'll come there for a team meeting, you know, but he does our Deacon magazine. Uh, but Home Life and Mature Living and Journey and Staying Firm, if people know what those products are. Um, so that's a lot of fun. I get to play in the publishing world and then also in the event world with training. So that's a little bit about my job. Um, my family, I am married to Vic. We're going to celebrate 35 years of marriage this summer. So we're um, happy about that. And we, we got to celebrate with a trip to Israel earlier um, about a month ago. So we did that. And then uh, we have two young adult children who are married. There is Connor. He's married to Tina. And then uh, Courtney is married to Gage. And they have our first grandson, Lucan. And we are expecting a second grandchild around around Thanksgiving. So we're super excited. It's a fun new season. I know I know you know what that's like, you guys. So always fun to see. It's fun to see your kids, like your kids get to grow up and get to be your friends, right? It is. Yeah. It's very yeah. fun. And I have been um, since probably about 1992 have been aware of you and your family and loved you all. And so I, from the time of just being like the girlfriend of the youth intern <laughs> at Council Road Baptist Church, being involved with youth ministry where you were a youth worker and then watching you, you raise your family. It's been really special to get to see your family just grow up, see your kids grow well, up. It's awesome. And see both of your families grow up. I mean, Jill, I was trying to remember. I was say, I've I, known you since the 80s. I was going to say, because I... <laughs> We, we got married in 88 and you were, I think, were you, how old would you have been? Jill? I was a senior in high school. Yeah. I knew you were yeah. like in the youth group, but you and yeah. Tamara, I mean, you know, just knowing your family and your mom was a youth worker. And so I have to tell myself, like, you know, when I think about that, I go, I was in my twenties. I was really young too. So I wasn't, you know, <laughs> but I always looked up to you and Vic like that. Oh. It was always like, Oh, Kelly and Vic, they're so sweet. And that's what everybody wants someday. Like, yeah. And wow. Chris, my husband was very smart in realizing what a treasure it was to have Kelly as a youth worker. And he very, not much longer after he was the full-time youth minister, he made it, it happen to, as soon as the funding became, avail became available, to have Kelly hired on. And weren't you a, like a youth associate, Kelly? Yeah. So that was... <laughs> That was so wild because your husband, I mean, Chris Wall, you set me up. He set me up big time, Robin. I don't know if you realize that, but I was just busy doing my own thing, had a little freelance business at home and did some newsletters for different people. And Courtney was going into first grade and I thought, okay, well, you know, this is a new season of life, whatever. And Chris invited me to a staff meeting and 
he started talking about the need for a part-time person to help with student ministry and and I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, you do, da, da, da. And he said, well, she's in the room and she keeps telling me no. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and the pastor at the time looks at me and he's like, why do you keep saying no? And I was like, you can't afford me. You cannot afford me. You know, and I just, I just kept teasing them. And I actually, I mean, I said no for about two months, Robin. And then um, <laughs> the Lord just really got a hold of my heart one morning, just in my time with him. And he just really impressed on me that I was being disobedient and kind of that question of, are you going to be disobedient? And I just remember thinking, I've never wanted to be disobedient. And so I called Chris that day and I was like, I think I'm supposed to say yes. And, and he was just like, I know, I know. Um, I was just waiting. I was just waiting for you. And you know what? I mean, that was, that was just a, a part-time 20 hours a week, helping train youth workers, picking out curriculum. And it was one of the greatest joys of my life. I, I really do believe I, I would not get to minister today the way I do if it hadn't been for me just saying yes in that moment and the opportunity that Chris gave me. Um, and so I, I'm really grateful for that. I really am. That's a really good example of how a yes to God, whatever it may be, even if it's not a huge thing, a simple yes can open the door to a whole lot more blessing that God has for you. And I, I mean, maybe this, maybe the in, the place you're in ministry right now can be linked back to that. It's really cool. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people get really frustrated because we think that we want to be at a certain place. And yet it really does start with that simple yes. And it could just mean, it can mean just, I was a volunteer. I didn't get paid to do what I was doing. And so for some people that, that can become a real frustration. And I will tell you, there were, there were many seasons of waiting and wondering, okay, God, I'm really not sure what you're doing with this. And that can be frustrating. But I do think that when the Lord tells you to say yes, you walk in that. And the next, and you just take the next step and you take the next step. And then you look back and you go, okay, if I hadn't done that one little step, like this, this has led me down this road. Yeah. So good. Would you tell us the story of how you met your husband, Vic? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I, I have a feeling that he'd probably say it a little differently because I've heard, <laughs> I've heard him talk about this too, but we actually, so we grew up in the same area, like just a few miles from each other. I knew who he was. He was a couple years older than me. So we went to Putnam City West High School there in Oklahoma City. Yes, Jill, you were there too. I forgot you I was there. He was. And I, he was just a big man on campus. I never really thought about Vic King as anything else as just this, you know, Mr. Popular, you know, whatever. And we both went different ways. And I went to Oklahoma Baptist. He went to OU, all that. We would see each other even after we got out of college. We would see each other at weddings or we would run into each other. But nothing was ever, nothing ever happened. And he he started kind of he was going to council road where where we ended up on staff and where i met you guys and i was at another church and he decided to come on a ski trip with our church on a single ski trip and i saw his name and i thought i'm going to go on the ski trip because vic king's going on the ski trip 
And so he will tell you that I flirted with him, that I was the one that pursued him. But it was not, that's not the case. But I did, I did go on the ski trip because his, his name was on the sign up list. And so anyway, we didn't, we dated two months, got engaged and were married four months later. I would not advise that to any, any of your daughters. This is it, very similar because Sean and I met at Glorietta on a singles trip. We're dating two months, got engaged. I didn't know that, Jill. <laughs> That's awesome. So just a little side note we're going to say here, listeners, if you are single and you're <laughs> where is Mr. Wright? Go on a single trip with your church and you just might find him. <laughs> yeah. My you kids, never- when they figured that out, finally, one time they were like, wait a minute, you would kill us. And I was like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it worked out. 28 years Saturday. We're fine. Don't worry about it. And and you probably knew, right, Jill? You knew. Yeah. I did. I, I we felt the same way. It was like, what are we waiting for? We're we both are grown adults. He had a house. We had jobs. There was yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. What were you doing right before you went to Nashville? Yes. So I actually I worked um for the Oklahoma Baptist um Southern Baptist Convention, the state convention. So different states have state conventions where they cooperate with other Southern Baptist churches. And so the story of getting there was um, really part of my story. Even at Council Road, I was doing student ministry, really felt the calling to do women's ministry, but that wasn't really open at the at the time. And it wasn't an opportunity that we um, our pastor left, a new pastor came and he made some changes and he moved me into that role. And so I got to serve there for a couple of years. And during that time, I was doing some just some work for the convention. I was doing a few different things for them, but I was leading conferences for women and they would ask me to do some different things. And the person who was in the position, um, there was just a time where she just felt like she needed to step back. And I was very surprised at that. And I remember, in fact, Jill, you'll appreciate this with the Glorietta story. We were getting, it was right before spring break. My kids were in fifth grade and eighth grade. And I knew that, you know, going into middle, you know, Courtney going into middle school, Connor going into high school, life would look just a little bit differently. I was still just working part-time. I wasn't really working full-time. But I knew that that probably was something that was I don't know. I just knew that probably a change was happening. Mm-hmm. And we we left for spring break. I had gotten an email from the woman who was my predecessor at the BGCO. That's what it was called at the time. And she just said, I want you to know I'm leaving and I'd love for you to apply for the job. And so I I just in my in my stomach, I just kind of knew I was like, some God, you're doing something. I'm not sure what this is, but you're doing something. And we got snowed in at Glorietta Jill for like for three days. And there's like no TV. There's nothing. We couldn't even go skiing. We went skiing one day and then we got, we couldn't even get to the ski slopes because it had snowed oh, like wow. 20, 24 inches. We couldn't get to I 40. We could not get back. And honestly, I think the Lord stopped everything for me to just pray and ask and just be quiet to not do anything. And it was a time of really just God just speaking to my heart and just going, okay, just get ready, just get ready and be prepared. And so I came home and I sent a resume, thought this is going to take a long time. They're going to interview a lot of women from a lot of different places. And 
I had an interview um, they call, and then the team leader called me a couple weeks later and he said, we'd like to bring you in to meet some other women. And he said, I think you need to know that you're the only one we're talking to because we really believe that you're the one that God has for this. Wow. And that was such a surprise because I really wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And when he called and offered me the job, I, I, I mean, you know how you can still remember those little things like, you know, Robin, we were talking about how you remember those things. But I was ironing in my bedroom. I was just ironing clothes and he called and offered me the job and he said, do you need time to pray about it? And I, I said, yes, if you don't mind, I'd like to pray over the weekend. And I got off the phone. I'm ironing. And the Lord was like, what more do you need to pray about? Like you've been praying. I really like you just need to call him and tell him yes and i called him back and i said i've been praying this is not something i need to pray anymore about like it is a yes so i worked there 11 years and oversaw just what we called women's missions and ministries training women in the local church coordinating a lot of events and doing just what the lord called me and then as I'm doing that um, and doing that for 11 years, I really thought that was the job I would have till I retired. I just thought this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And I love it. I love Oklahoma. I love my people, all the things. And uh, Chris Adams, who was at Life at the time, and she was the pioneer, like she was the pioneer of women's ministry in a lot of ways. She was retiring after 22 years. And I, I don't even know, Robin, if you know this story, but it was January of 2016. I was at a luncheon for a fundraiser and I'm sitting next to this guy who's a state, a state representative. And we're talking about the economy in Oklahoma. And he was like, yeah, he said, I just found out that a company in Oklahoma is getting ready to lay off a bunch of people and a bunch of IT people. And I was like, do you mind me asking who, you know, who it is? And he said, it's Hurt, the Hertz Corporation. Well, my husband worked for the Hertz Corporation for 30 years. So I get in the car after that luncheon and I was like, hey, I got some news that I think you need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And he was, he said, that's so weird. He said, I just found out today that I'm going to lose my job in May. Yeah, he had just found out. We were in the middle of planning a wedding. I was in seminary, all the things. And so... I just, again, that Lord just kind of stirring in my heart, like something new is happening again. What is this? And I reached out to Chris because we had this relationship between the states and between our national, you know, entities of Lifeway. And I said, hey, would you just pray? We're really not sure what this is going to look like. Well, she, little did I know, she goes to her boss and she said, you need to talk to Kelly now. Like, this is the time. (laughs) And they started, they started um, the process of asking me. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And over and over again, even just that situation, like I would not have left Oklahoma. Vic had a job, you know, like that he'd been there 30 years. Mm -hmm. We weren't going anywhere, but because of that and just other things and, you know, when we talk about the afraid not, and I know we're going to talk about that, but that really was this kind of, okay, you're making this all happen. Like these, these are not just circumstances. God, you're in this. And so we just, boy, we just said a big yes to God and just said, okay, we're, we're moving. And again, my kids were in a different season of life. It was like, okay, the first time they were going into a new season 
And this time Courtney was graduating from college. Connor was out of college. I mean, like both of our kids were launched. And so it just, the timing and everything. So anyway, we ended up here in Nashville, which is crazy. And now I can't wait to get back to Oklahoma. You know, it's like, <laughs> how fast can I get back to Oklahoma? Where are your kids in Oklahoma? They are. They're okay. both in Oklahoma. Connor's in Guthrie and Courtney's in Moore. And since COVID, we've really pretty much worked from home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that the Lord will allow us to move back at some point. We're just kind of, we're in the process of waiting for that, that timing as well. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really cool that you went into this women's ministry thing and then your husband moved his, all what he was going to do for his job for you. Like that's yeah. not something you hear very often. It's not. And, and Jill at the time, we did not know even for him. So it was kind of an early retirement when that they offered him. And we, I honestly, I just thought we're going to move to Nashville. He's going to get another job. That's what's going to happen. Da, 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 da. And we get here, and a few months after we get here, um, he he just made a comment. He was like, "I'm not. I don't think I'm seeing as well." And it started us down a pathway of several eye surgeries. And he went through um, cataract surgery, and then he had five different detached. The retinas became detached five different times, and so multiple surgeries. And so it really has the Lord has provided for us through my my job in the marketplace and it has allowed him to be a volunteer at church he goes up there at least twice a week and he does different things and to just serve others and so that's the season that we're living in right now and it's it's not what we would have expected but i'm so thankful that god worked ahead of us and provided for us in a way we didn't even know we needed so often what he has in store is not what we expect. <laughs> and that kind of brings us to our afraid not. I know that um, you may have one story in mind or may weave into a few different situations, but we would love to hear the story that the Lord's laid on your heart to share with us today. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was trying to think of what I wanted to share without getting too emotional because I mean, I'm sure that happened. That's never happened, right? Before when people tell those kinds of stories. Um, but um, there's a couple of different things that I feel like the, the ministry that you don't sign up for that you just think, okay, God, I didn't sign up for this one. This is not, this is not a fun women's ministry can be really fun. Um, but when Vic was going through all of the eye surgeries, uh, a couple of years, like into that process, he just really uh, found himself in, in a really deep clinical depression. And it, I mean, we have had bouts of, with him of depression where it has kind of come and gone. Um, and we've been able to, like, he's been able to, to find the right help that he needs in those seasons. But this, this was a season that it was not getting better. And it, it was debilitating. The kind that you just, um, you can't get out of bed, you know, he would just get up and go to the couch and pretty much lay on the couch all day. And so as someone who's over here working and trying to provide, it, it became frustrating. Um, and, and as the wife feeling like, what is going on? Like why, you know, and we, we tried, I, I cannot tell you how many doctors we went to, how many different medications that we tried. 
how many different types of treatment we tried and nothing seemed to really budge. And I remember one night, you guys, and this, this was, and I, I really have not shared this um, except with just a few people. Um, but it was a, it was a night where I just thought, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I just don't know if I can do this anymore. And it was the first time I have ever thought, is my marriage going to make it? You know, this is, this is, this is just too hard. And I walked out on our back, our back deck and, um, the God was so kind. Um, I looked out and there was this most, the most beautiful rainbow. Oh, and I just sensed that God was saying, I want you to know, I keep my promises and I keep my covenant. Will you keep yours? You, you have to hang in there. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. And um, that was what I needed in that moment. And I really do believe the Lord just took something that was so tough and um, used it not, you know, it was, it was hard for Vic to go through, but um, it was, ref it was refining me too. Like that was a refiner's fire for me. And I teach on spiritual formation. It's one of the classes that I'm teaching right now is on spiritual formation. And I've been using the book of Ephesians and Ephesians really lays out spiritual formation so beautifully because it begins with talking about who we are in Christ and then it moves into like how we're formed, but then how we're transformed by the gospel and by, by grace that we don't do anything on our own. And then Paul kind of moves into this behavior language of how we are to act and how we're to walk worthy and how we are to walk in the calling and walk in the spirit. But what we don't sometimes think about is in chapter six, we think about the, the spiritual armor and the armor of God. And I do believe that part of our spiritual formation happens in the, in the spiritual warfare and in suffering. And we don't like that part. We don't like the part where he forms us into his image, but we know that is part of conforming us into his image because we know that Christ himself suffered. And to be like him, we too are going to have to walk in some suffering and uh, uh it's hard but um i can tell you um that we're on on the other side of a lot of this um god has been really kind to just um it's been a slow gradual process of some different different combinations of therapy and um small groups of, of bible study and the right medications and all the things that you know and i know there's different feelings about all those different kinds of things but for us that's that has what has been a lifesaver for us in a lot of ways so i say that to give god the glory um because at the point of just feeling like i don't know if this is gonna if, if we're going to make it and um and we and we have and we're on the other side of that that doesn't mean we're not going to face other hard times right um but uh god's been good and the storms that we walk through like the storm you just described we wish we would never have any storms we don't want to go through a single one but it's in the storms that he builds the muscle in us of trusting him even when we can't see like I'm in the dark but I'm going to trust that you're still carrying me I'm in the dark but I'm going to trust that you've got the light coming mm -hmm. <laughs> those storms are 
when we can finally look back and, you know, it, it has passed, <laughs> then right. we, I, did, I don't want to go through that ever again, but mm -hmm. oh, what I've learned, like I wouldn't trade what I've learned, you yeah. know. Yeah, we just recently, um, Vic's dad passed away. I know Chris's dad passed away. Not, In fact, it was just a couple of weeks after Chris's dad passed away that Vic's dad passed away. And um, it, it's a tender time, um, but we are so grateful because Vic's dad, um, we really weren't sure where his salvation was. And a month before um, he passed away, Vic's brother led him to the Lord and led him through um, just asking the Lord to be Lord of his life. And we, we saw that, we saw that kind of trial of just praying for 35 years that he would know, know Jesus. And we got to see that happen. And so, so grateful to not give up, not give up on God. Mm -hmm. So when Vic was going through this, you had just moved to Nashville then. Yeah, it wasn't long. I mean, it was a couple of years into it, um, but just kind of after the eye surgeries and, so uh, I would say even just in the last year, things have been better. You know, it, it was a long, it was a long road. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, if, if there's somebody out there listening and you have a loved one going through depression, don't give up. It, it can be a long road and, it, and it's a lot of trial and error of trying to find what, what's the best way to help. Yeah. And just like you said, the thing that may work for them might be, therapy might be medication might be the small group support system and all of those things are so important to try um, if you have some sort of idea that well if I take medication then I'm not showing faith that is a misconception if someone has asthma they need an inhaler right if someone has a broken arm they need a cast so if we have something in our brain that needs the chemical balance we need to have help in, in getting that set to right so we can have abundant life and and not just be limiting ourselves saying well I just I just don't get to have a cast on this broken limb it just has to, has to stay un, unmended that's so silly and yeah. yeah I mean I've been very open that I have to I have to take medication I mean it's just it runs in my family whatever and Jesus and therapy get me, or Jesus and medicine get me through a lot of things. It's, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there should be no shame in that. Did you have another story that you were thinking of sharing? Because it sounded like a minute ago that you did have maybe one more. Uh, well, I was just going to say that with Vic's dad and just praying for him and his salvation, but there was also, um, even in that prayer, we had some, we had a broken relationship between my father-in-law and our son, and it was a really difficult situation, and he felt very wronged, and uh, really, really did not talk to my son for almost 10 years, and that was, that was very difficult because it's hard to, to have family gatherings and some things like that, and it can be a long story, but um, the day before, um, the day before he died, uh, Connor got to to see his granddad and make things right. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah. Wow, that's such redemption. Yeah, really is. Yeah, it's really sweet. Something I love about the story you told us about um, that very special night when you saw the rainbow. You walked out on your deck, and you saw this beautiful rainbow. 
um, it just is such a reminder that God cares about us and sees us. He knew that you were going to walk out on your deck right then. He put the rainbow there to say, this is my promise. And I just, I love moments like that when we know God sees me. He sees yeah. me in my desperation or my joy or my sorrow. He sees me. Yeah. And I don't think we talk enough about, I mean, depression, we feel bad for the person that has it and we should, I mean, it's a horrible right. thing to have to right. go through, but everybody around that person also suffers. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what? Oh yeah. I mean, it finally brought you through that. Well, I mean, you need your own support system, right? Because in that um, he was not at a place where I could really have those conversations. You're in a new city. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our friendships are fairly new. So you're trying to figure out who do I trust with this information? And it's, you, you want to protect your husband. You want to protect that story. Um, and so, um, yeah, I'm so thankful that I have a group of women um, and, and even just some really some some friends, lifelong friends from Oklahoma that we still text each other. We call us the playgroup friends because we had a playgroup when our kids were little and we get together all the time still. And I could text them and I could say, today's a bad day, you know, and I could you need that prayer support. You need the support of other people um, and just. I have a mentor um, as I was doing this, just I've um, been working on my doctorate. And so my mentor, she's also a counselor. And so there were days when we had mentoring time that she would be like, okay, today we're not really going to have mentoring time. Like this is counseling time and you just need to talk. You know, I just, you just need to talk. We just need to process this. And I'm so grateful that she even saw that because I can, I can put on a really happy face and try to put on the brave face and try to cover it and and she could see through that and be like okay like i see it you need you, you got to talk this out so yeah it's it's a it, it does affect everyone in the family mm -hmm. for sure yeah something that i uh, really admire in the gifts that god has given you and how you have faithfully stewarded those gifts is how you have been pursuing more and more knowledge of of God, of his word, of putting his word in your heart, of studying it more clearly and sharing it with others as well as you can. And now you're about to get your doctorate. I, I would love to hear about what you're getting your doctorate in. And also I would love for you to talk to us, to talk to our listeners about inspiring. Why is it so important for us to thirst after the word of God? Oh, wow. So I can tell you, I never thought that I would be here and go, I'm, I turned 60 last year. So number one, you're never too old to go back to school. Um, but I had, I had gone back to seminary um, really out of some obligations of teaching and being an adjunct at OBU. And they'd asked for me to go back and get a master's. And so I did a master's of theology and loved every minute of it. I mean, I, again, it was that. I didn't know how much I didn't know till I started like taking some classes and just realizing, wow, there's so much you need to know. And then <laughs> pandemic hits and we're all at home and Gateway Seminary reached out to me and they were, 
they said, hey, we, you know, you may not realize this, but you qualified to be in the demon program. Have you ever considered doing your doctorate of ministry? And I was just like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, I'm thinking how long, you know, what, what am I getting myself into? But maybe it was the pandemic talking. I don't know. But I just, I thought, you know, again, God, you've opened a door for me to say yes, for me to take this next step. And honestly, I don't know what he's going to do with it. I don't know why he's asked me to do it, but I, I'm doing it. I'm walking forward in faith. When I did my master's, little did I know that I needed to have a seminary degree to manage the magazine and devotional team at Lifeway. That's a requirement. Well, God knew that, but I didn't know that. I wasn't even looking for that job, but because of because of saying yes, that opened that door. So I don't know what that means for me next. Um, you know, it may just be for me to just gain this knowledge. Uh, but I'm at the project phase. Um, Robin, I know you're familiar with this because Chris did a DMAN degree, which is um, for those of you who don't understand, like in seminary, there's there's PhDs and then there's doctorate of ministry degrees. And PhDs are more academics focus more of searching languages and really like diving into to history things like that whereas a demon is really more practical where you really are practicing ministry and so for me that was that made more sense anyway that's what i do i practice ministry and i teach others how to do ministry so i have dove in and i'm in the project phase i'm actually i just spent three hours today uh talking doing one-on-ones with my project participants um, who are all state convention women leaders. And so my whole focus of my dissertation is on women in leadership um, and giving them executive training to to give them theological, you know, to help them think through their issues theologically and also through the theoretical um, prepositions of just what does it mean to, to walk into leadership, um, all the different things that women deal with. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm hoping to finish by December. I'm hoping that that'll work, but it does close. Oh, it's close. Uh, It's just the writing phase. Get to the writing phase. That's my, that's my goal. Um, Right. (laughs) But yeah, that love for God's word. I think, wow. I just, you know, I feel like when Psalms talks about that, the deer pants after waters. And so my soul pants after you, that that is, that's the, my heart is that my soul would pant after the Lord and that I would, that his word is, is, it's always new. It's always fresh. It's living, active, breathing. I mean, it just, it, it, it changes us. Uh, I wake up in the morning and that's the first thing I want to do is, you know, see what the Lord has for me that day in his word. And he, and he does meet me there. Um, and not for me to, to know more about me, but for me to know more about him. And I think that we we sometimes get that backwards because we read our Bible thinking about what's in it for me, but really our our Bible is to say, how do I how do I worship you more fully? How do I know you more fully? And then it causes me to change the way that I that I act. Can you talk a little bit about women in leadership right now? I mean, I know that's kind of a hot topic in the SBC. Really? Is it? I don't know. I mean, I've heard some things. I'm just. <laughs> it's, it's out there somewhere well, as, as a mom of a 19 year old daughter who is wrestling through 
the call to ministry. I am so grateful we're having these conversations because there needs to be an open-mindedness of how a woman is to use the gifts that God has called her to use in the church. The Great Commission is for every person, not just for men. <laughs> so let's, yeah, I want to hear your answer to this, Kelly. Oh, I, I think that it doesn't take you long in scripture to find out where God uses women. And especially when you look at the early church and you look at the way that Jesus valued women, how many women were part of the team that followed Jesus, that women were, they were the recipients of the resurrection, the first ones to find out that Jesus was alive. That's not, a, that's not by happenstance. Right. I mean, that's, it's just right there. It's so obvious. And so, and, you know, some people get hung up on certain verses and, you know, we could talk the whole, like, where do, where can women lead and where can't women lead or whatever. I just tend to go, if we could just stop focusing about on what women can't do and we could just focus on what women can do, like women, and I, Vic and I had this conversation at lunch yesterday and I said, man, I've never wanted to be the, the warrior to be like, go women, like we're, you know, we were out to prove ourselves or whatever. I said, if, if God calls me to, I wouldn't have been in women's ministry for this many years if I didn't believe in the fact that God has allowed me to minister to half the church. It's half the church. How many, how many men are there ministering to the men in the church? A lot. We need, we, we need, and it's not just women on staff. It's women who are taking care of one another, who, who see, who encourage women, who make disciples. You mentioned that, like we're called, we're all, we're all given the great commission. Um, and you think about, we tend to get stuck in our Southern kind of America, Western world view of, mm -hmm. of where women can serve and so in other parts of the world women serve in a lot of different ways and i'm so grateful they do um i think that we can make we can make a secondary issue a primary issue sometimes mm -hmm. and our doctrines don't change i think our preferences can change i think our convictions you know there's a difference between having a conviction and then having a preference or having a, I don't know, something that you think should be right, but we can all, we can all agree on the most important things and maybe not agree on some other things. Um, I, I love it when I've gotten to teach college women, Robin, I wish I had Maggie. Oh my goodness. I wish I could be like her teacher. Oh, and cool <laughs> just to, just to help them think through this on their own and one of the things that i used to do at obu when i taught contemporary issues for women in ministry is i would bring on different women in ministry to just do interviews kind of like this just to help these young women see the breadth of all the different things women are doing out there whether it's children's ministry whether it's student ministry whether it's worship ministry whether they are, you know, organizing something, they're leading nonprofits. I mean, I see people like Courtney Bullard in the Tulsa area doing the, you know, the Pearl House and mm -hmm. uh, God is using women in amazing, amazing ways. And so I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that there's, there's some really good books out there. Um, in fact, 
Robin, I've thought about texting Chris and being like, okay, have you read this one yet? I need you to read this one. And I need us to, we need to have a book club. You know, we need to talk about this. Send it. Yeah. Well, please, please tell us some of those. We'll put the names of those books in our show notes today. Awesome. Recommended resources. Okay. okay. I'm looking at my bookshelf here. So just to kind of get some, some ideas. And, and just so you know, these are, these can run the different gamut of different theological issues. So like, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but um, Jesus and gender is one that's really good. Worthy by Elise Fitzpatrick and Eric Schumacher is really good. And then um, there's a new one that I have not read that's on my list to read. And it is called, um, I think it's called Tell Her Story. It's brand new and I, I haven't read it yet, but I heard a pod. I actually heard another podcast where he, the author was speaking about this and he was just talking. Also, Rebecca McLaughlin, she has a small book called Jesus Through the Eyes of Women. It's a small book. It's a really small book. But it I read is, that. Did you? Mm-hmm. I, Jill, I love that book. I so love much. it. She just. Rebecca does such a good job of just kind of breaking things down very simply. And so it's for those of you who are just like, I need something simple. It's an easy read, Mm -hmm. but it will, it will help you see how Jesus saw women. Well, and actually last summer, and I think we may do it again this summer, Robin and I kind of did a series on different women in the Bible, just to show that very thing of, of like Jesus did value women and they were important in his ministry. And here's some examples of how that happened and just telling their story as these are real people that lived and Jesus loved them and valued what they had to say. Yeah. Um, there's a, we have a new Bible study coming out from Lifeway Women called Devoted. I think it comes out in June and it's on, it's 30 days of women in the Bible. And yeah. I'm really, I got to write on Abigail. That was the day that I got to write. I love Abigail. Robin's favorite, yeah. Uh, and so sad she had to marry that stinky old Nabal or Nabal. How do you say? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I say Nabal, but yeah. I mean, and Kelly, uh, you have a podcast as well. What's the name of your podcast? Yeah, it's called the Marked Podcast, and it is the Lifeway Women Podcast. So we get to interview a lot of our authors and people that are just doing incredible things for the Lord out there. And so it's fun. I love getting, I, I think you pro, you guys probably do too. I love getting to do podcasts. It's fun. You just get fun. to talk. Yeah. And these resources that you have been mentioning this past minute or two are such a wealth of great ideas for all of us. Um, these are like going to be on my Amazon list. <laughs> <laughs> So our listeners will put these in the show notes and you could order them as well for your summertime reading or things coming up. That's right. <laughs> well, oh. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us and talking all of these important topics and we just yeah. really appreciate your time. It's just fun to be with you guys. I, even if we weren't recording, it would be fun yeah. just to catch up. Totally agree. And oh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for saying yes, for making time to talk with us and share your heart. And we we're grateful. We love you. Anytime. Anytime. Love you guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're so glad that you were here listening to Afraid Not. I'm so grateful to Kelly for saying yes. I'm thinking about how her story of seeing the rainbow at such 
the perfect moment. Reminded her God keeps his promises and I'm gonna keep mine too. Um, just a beautiful moment reminding me, God sees me like he saw Kelly in that moment. He sees you. One of the verses she mentioned in Psalm 42.1 that says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. So um, that just, to me, says a lot about Kelly, that she searches and she goes after Christ and she follows what he has to say. So we appreciate her wisdom and her sharing her stories. Uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, share the show with a friend, and we will see you back again in a couple weeks. And here comes summer, everyone. Hooray. Have a wonderful day. We're glad you're listening. Bye.